I expect to learn something about history. If it's just like takes place in someone's bedroom, I'm not as <laughs> excited. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Starting with Soul Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Katie is our esteemed guest this morning. It's she's, me. she's going to be reviewing The Gentleman's Gambit, so I will try to ask double the normal questions I ask. No, <laughs> oh, just... no. <laughs> it's a quiz show. There is actually, hilariously, in the back of this discussion questions, which is not common for romance novels, and I thought was really interesting. And a lot of it does pertain to like the historical aspect, because it is a historical fiction novel. The Gentleman's Gambit is the fourth book in the series by Evie Dunmore called The League of Extraordinary Women. It is a group of women who are fighting for women's suffrage in Victorian England. It was very interesting. I've definitely read at least one or two of the other ones. I don't think I've read the most recent one before this, number three. So they are standalones. Yeah, well, kind of. So that's my, a little bit of my, I'll get to that to the end. It's it's one of my things that I was annoyed with that no one else was. I'll start with what I liked that no one else did. Because oh. <laughs> I was looking at ratings. This one is the lowest rated one in the series. Really? Yes. And it is because there is so much historical interlude between the romance I thought that was really interesting and fun. The women's suffrage thing was interesting, I think, because I haven't, I had read some of them, but it was so long ago that maybe it wasn't hitting right because I just didn't remember the other characters that she was in a group with, all of that jazz. But we're going to get into why they talk about so much historical stuff. So this is about Catriona Campbell, who is a Scottish Earl's daughter. She is kind of at Oxford, not really. Like she, her father works there and has a pretty high position. So she is allowed to do some things. I believe in the first book, they make a whole thing and like women are able to attend art classes. Basically they can't get credit, but they can at least attend. So that's kind of the weird situation that she's in. She's very intelligent. Okay. <laughs> she's very intelligent. She spends a lot of time either between Oxford, Oxford, which she enjoys the intellectual stimulation of, but she doesn't like people very much, or back in Scotland, where they basically live on a derelict, like, <laughs> grounds of a castle. One of those, yeah, technically you're an earl, but you have no money. Okay. <laughs> that kind of situation. So her father's trying to figure that out. He is clearly, like, that stereotypical like intellectual who just doesn't understand society like so she is being raised in a way that a lot of people disapprove of and I think at one point he was going to send her to boarding school because so many other people of his peers were like hey your daughter's gonna be weird compared to other people if you don't like treat her quote-unquote normally and then I think basically she was she went to boarding school and she lasted like a year and it just did not work. Like basically she had already, she she was homeschooled (laughs) basically. So she got there and she was like, but all these people are wrong. And when I tell them they're wrong, they They get mad at me me and I don't understand why. So she ended up going home. So that kind of sets the stage for her family. She's very independent. She respects and loves her father, but she also is very like single-minded in what she likes. And her father really doesn't see it. A reason to stop her most of the time. That is something they bond over. And then we have the male protagonist, whose name is Elias Corey, and he is a student of the artifacts of the Near East. Or is he? 
<laughs> you may have noticed there's a gambit going on. <laughs> it was in the title. And he is a businessman. And he, he also went to Cambridge, so he's very well educated, but he's not a, a scholar right, by any means. But he is coming to Oxford under the guise of being a scholar so he can work with her father who he believes will be sent to, like will be open to his cause so the idea is he wants to get to know her father make introductions as the student and then tell him the real reason he's here so he does this as a job although he does run his own business he is in the silk trade with his something that his family was part of and he has made it kind of his side hustle to is it called repatriation when you take artifacts and bring them back to the place i can't Maybe remember i can't remember there's a word for it he is hired by people from all different places so not just mount lebanon which is where he's from to go basically mostly to england but also to france and other western countries to take back artifacts that were taken against the will of the people and that was something that people really didn't like. He does talk a lot about like the historical politics behind the like basically Western European countries and America taking artifacts out of other countries, specifically ones that are like not as well developed. And a lot of it was really interesting. It comes up a lot because one, he's trying to talk someone into <laughs> helping him steal from somebody theoretically. And on top of that, he's also having all these conversations with people and as you can imagine since he is one of very few Lebanese people in England anytime they have a conversation that even remotely involves a, f a foreign country they're like what do you think oh no <laughs> and he's like okay so they talk a lot about who art and culture belong to in this book and the romance is actually is also good that's fine but I'm focusing on this because I thought it was really interesting and brought a lot to the book. A lot of people didn't like it. Like all, a lot of the two and three star reviews were like, I had to skip over so many boring historical like facts. And I was just like, whoa, 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 this is fascinating. The author has like four pages at the end where she's talking about like different things that actually happened in the book, either involving women's suffrage or, or like, I'm going to keep saying repatriation and someone's going <laughs> to comment like, that's not what that means. And... There was a, a parallel drawn as well because she is Scottish between like, so at the time the Ottoman Empire was in, in charge of, in control of Lebanon and the surrounding area. England, France, all those people were trying to prop up the Ottoman Empire because once that empire falls, there's basically a war because people are trying to pick apart its corpse. Right. <laughs> so that's a whole thing. The Ottoman Empire has been in control for two or 300 years at this point, And then before that, on and off, different empires and things like that. And technically, in a lot of these places, people, uh, empires that were in control of a smaller country or a smaller culture could sell artifacts, could just be like, here, this is for you. You can take it. And it's technically legal. And technically okay part of me wanted to ask you is it really stealing if the <laughs> other countries stole them in the first place but now i see that was that was a question that he asks her when he's trying to figure out if she will be okay with this like he's he's kind of decided that like since she seems like a very logical person he's like maybe i can float this by her she also kind of like picks apart things and figures out that he's not maybe who he says he is so he decides to 
go to her and kind of float this idea. And she's basically like, he, I think he says, is it theft if, you st- if you're stealing from someone who stole it in the first place? Right. And she says, I don't think I, like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> She's like, I would need more information, but no. But yeah, like, that was very interesting to me, the idea of, like, ownership and who owns what, because she, fl- she says, yeah, but the Ottoman Empire has been in control for 300 years. So, like, at this point don't they have some sort of say like in the governance and he said i don't know the scottish have been in control (laughs) controlled by the british for 200 years how would you feel if they started selling stonehenge and things like that probably wouldn't be happy about it (laughs) but they talk about this in a lot of different cultures they even talk about greek greek artifacts that were taken like facades that were literally ripped off of buildings so they could be shipped back to england i feel like we're still to this day dealing with repercussions yes and i think there's a lot more talk about that and the fact that just because something may have been again technically legally sourced does that mean it actually was because what you're saying is the person in power said it was okay and does that really mean it was right and they talk a lot about like maps so they're talking about like the war between mount lebanon and another community nearby and basically back and forth and they were like wow i mean should you really be in control of yourself clearly you keep fighting and he was just like it's almost like a big empire came and drew a map that put us in places that we weren't before and then said i don't understand why you're fighting over this territory kind of exactly what happened to india and i'm sure many other countries so there's all of this that gets talked about in here and i think it was just like too much so that is what i was going to ask this book doesn't look particularly long yes and there's a whole lot of like a lot of stuff build up for both characters when does the romance happen? So it really does happen in snippets in between. They have a lot of stuff they're doing on their own. Like they're literally meeting each other. Yeah, like he's going to do business to try to figure out this heist. He does not heist things himself, but he does put everything in motion, hire people, like get everything together, do the research, all of that. So he's doing that and meeting with her occasionally. She's meeting with the League of Extraordinary Women, which is not what they call themselves, but (laughs) and talking and doing working with women's suffrage. And one thing that I really like in here, this is an actual case that happened, just not at the same time. There was a I'm going to look at up in the back of the book because i'm going to say the name of the of the the writ for restitution of conjugal rights so this was a thing that existed so women if they tried to flee their husbands could not the idea anytime someone tried to turn it over was like oh but this protects women because if like men try to leave them and abandon them they have to take care of them financially don't you love how so much <laughs> problematic legislation is protecting don't somebody? you know, don't you love how it's for women really it's just it's for you so she's working to figure out how, a way to make people supportive of turning this bill over and of course none of the men are interested they're all like oh poor sweet little dumb baby you just don't understand what if you got married and a boy left you alone and you wouldn't be able to take care of yourself wouldn't that be scary <laughs> do you like how i just evolve into talking like a baby so she's working with that and she eventually figures something out technically the writ of restitution of conjugal rights does also it does, it's not gendered in a way that it only applies to women oh so men would have to be returned so men would also could also you could go to court and say i don't care that he's paying for all my stuff he has to come back he owes me conjugal rights <laughs> like basically like he has to live with me and serve and like work as my a husband certain portion of the di- yeah of the year or whatever. so this is an actual case where a woman whose husband originally tried to get her committed to an asylum and then basically when that didn't work 
just ran off with like a mistress and was living and theoretically paying for her stuff but she was still like married to him she couldn't leave she couldn't get like restitution anything like that so in this book catriona which is she she was assigned this by her like women's suffrage group finds this woman and is like hey i know this is really scary like i know you don't want to see your husband again but this could be a way for you to like separate yourself from him but also for all women in the future to be able to do that as well so this is something that actually happened and also happens in this novel just i think a year or two earlier but she takes him like she takes him to court and is basically like and then of course the moment men are hurt by this they're like ah we don't like this it's mean all the ladies could make us come back to our wives gross wow so they're both working on that occasionally they're i'm not gonna say occasionally they're they're together like at least every other chapter it's not uncommon is it alternating um, voice or is it just yes one? okay yeah so you're going back and forth so one thing i didn't like that everyone else liked <laughs> i liked the characters i liked the history i liked seeing them navigate everything catriona is very very anxious to the point where at one she literally jumps out of a moving carriage because the I don't know if you've ever gotten this because it, it's very specific, but overstimulation caused by repetitive noises. Oh, um, yeah. So it was the noise of the carriage combined with the fact that she was in there with five other people who were all talking at the same time. And I think she was trying to be like, I can make it. I can make it. And eventually she's like, I can't make it. And they were going slow enough that she literally just like opened the door and like hopped out and everyone freaked out. And she was just like, I'm just going to walk. It's fine. So she's dealing with that. He's dealing with the fact that. He is gone from Mount Lebanon. He still cares about his home, but because he's been gone for so long, he's basically always going to be an outsider. On top of that, his father, I think, was from a different community, still like not from Western Europe or anything, but from a different community in that area. So this very like small insular village has always been like, oh, yeah, but you're kind of like you're kind of an outsider, <laughs> even though you your father was born like 50 miles from here. It's too far. So he's dealing with that. Like he'll never feel at home in England. He'll never feel at home in Mount Lebanon. So he's kind of like a, a traveler and she's kind of like, I just want to be alone in my house. <laughs> so all of that is happening. We have them negotiating this heist. People also didn't like that the heist was too quick. And I was like, that's the whole point. He literally says in the beginning, I don't do it. Like that would be, yeah. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm good at planning things. But there were also interludes every like I'd say maybe 10 chapters that were the previous people in previous books like oh okay and I just didn't I think it maybe if I had read them closer together maybe I would care more but I was mostly just kind of like I don't care about this random person like yeah that feels kind of it feels weird forced. and it also like ups and, and then I think the reason is this is the last book so they wanted to have these like little tie-up oh, moments okay. but it felt like to the detriment of the story and again everyone else loved it because they didn't like all the history so they got to see cute little excerpts but whatever <laughs> so where would you rate this on a spiciness scale of one to five jalapenos uh oh gosh so here's the thing i mean it is victorian england it is i will say <laughs> though like there isn't a ton of like especially because they they start kind of as like partners who like kind of think you know each other is cute she, he's trying to seduce her for the job basically and then it's like oh she's actually kind of fun to hang out with but despite all the history the fact that it starts pretty slow the few scenes that there are are pretty like explicit <laughs> oh i was expecting passionate <laughs> handholding so no <laughs> No, so it's weird. I would say maybe two jalapenos, but not for like. It's they're not just, consistent. It's not consistent. So, so maybe like 
most of the book is one jalapeno, but a few chapters are like four jalapenos. Okay. It just doesn't happen often. You could very easily skip that chapter and not miss out on too much. Like, it just depends. Because I, I feel like jalapeno isn't just the amount of sex, but it's also the explicitness of it. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's kind of why I'm on like the edge. But I would say two, just in general, just because, again, they're mostly heisting and talking about politics. Do you think this would be a good fit for people who enjoy reading historical fiction? If they don't mind romance okay. and like, and if they don't mind things being a little, because things aren't going to be 100% historic accurate. She does have the notes in the back. All, a lot of the things that are happening are based on real things that happened, but the characters are very different and have very different, like, they have more modern sensibilities. And that is what I prefer to read when I'm reading historical fiction or historical romance, because I like to see people like fighting against the norms, but I don't want them themselves to be the problem. Yeah. I want to be able to relate with them more. It's hard to do when people are too, like their, their sentimentality is too far back. But yeah, so I would say it would be good as long as they are okay with there being some sex. I do really like that he is from the Middle East because I feel like it brought so many things especially for the regency and victorian yeah time period that is a period that is especially bad like he even brings up like when they're talking about like artifacts and and trade and like taking like art and culture from other countries brings up the very common victorian pastime of grinding up mummies and snorting them yeah and 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 she kind of gets like you know flustered and it's just like well i don't approve of that and he's like what cannibalism yeah, me either. <laughs> and it was just this thing where it's just like othering a culture so much that you don't even see consuming the dead bodies of people right. from that culture as cannibalism, which it is 100 percent. And Victorians were obsessed with like spiritualism and Orientalism, like all of these like spooky, spooky other things, like very kind of this very condescending form of like, oh, we love that culture. Do you or yeah. do you like to take things from it and just like parade around and pretend and you're exotic? Like it's exotic? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a lot, but, but yeah, I, I really liked it. I, unlike everyone else, I think I rated it like, I rated a 4.25. Are you one of those readers who likes to learn something from any book you read? Yeah, especially if it's, if it's historical fiction or historical romance, I expect to learn something about history if it's just like takes place in someone's bedroom i'm not as excited <laughs> they haven't changed that much over the years yeah especially for women because that was a huge part of falling in love is that you are putting yourself in a very vulnerable position like if you care about somebody legally you're opening yourself up to like possibly just being bankrupt on a street at some point if this isn't right like if this isn't yeah. a good fit this could be the end of your life as you know it so i i think it's important to balance that and and make it really feel like it's set in the time period that it is. All right. That's yeah. all I can think of to ask. So thank you so much for joining me, even <laughs> though you are always on this podcast. Yeah. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.